Hey, Warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back to another week of the Unqualified Therapist. Ooh, ooh. I guess we have to do it every time. <laughs> every time. Mm-hmm. So we are here full, full, uh, what is that called? Transparency. Yeah. Full disclosure. Full disclosure on Wednesday night. <laughs> this needs to go up at midnight. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> we got it. We had a, 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 at least I had a real hangover from getting back from our trip. Uh, I had a serious life hangover life yeah, yeah. not like booze like right. life complete life hangover and, and we're still working through it Whew. but the people who live there man yeah i we left two days before the, the big big hurricane ida hit. hit yeah and that hit on the 16th anniversary of katrina like how bananas is that it really is um especially because the afternoon that we were leaving is when the rain started. Yeah. So there was nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, there was a little bit of like murmuring and talk at the front desk at the hotel about a possible storm. But I know and a couple of people asked, like, are you ready for the rain? Mm-hmm. And but I don't think that they really I really don't think they realized that either how big it was going to be. And they didn't order a, a mandatory evacuation until late. Until late. I don't think it was mandatory, but mm-hmm. I think it was like highly suggested. They didn't want mm-hmm. people to be stuck on the roads. Yeah. So um, that was really <laughs> that was difficult to watch. Yeah. After coming after from having there. The, the experiences that we did there. Oh. So yeah, I mean, I've been following some people on Instagram stories who stayed and uh, around the French Quarter. And it's really interesting to see from their perspective rather than the news mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to see that they're okay. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge is that there's no electricity and there won't be for a while. Right. Yeah. No, and no gas, no power, no water, no gasoline. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough way to live. Mm-hmm. So, but as with all things, New Orleans, they are doing it together. They're rallying together. Uh, Restaurants are making all the food on grills that they have and giving it out for free before it spoils. Giving the beer away, you know? I mean, it's just... So that's going to bring us into our topic. Yeah. Our new home. Our new home. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I loved it there so much. And that just gives you a little bit of a preview of the experiences we had down there because 
these people from New Orleans are incredible. They're not like anything I've ever experienced before. No, me either. Except abroad, maybe. I said this before. In Italy, I had similar experiences, but never in the States. No, no. This is the only time in the States that I... I did not feel like I was in the United States. No, it felt like we were in a different country. Yeah. And it was... It was just so welcoming and open and to a point that we were like, what's happening? Like, exactly. like we, we were like afraid people were like coming after us because they're running, but they're running at us to tell <laughs> like, because, oh, hey, I forgot to tell you this one thing and I need to tell you because I told you the wrong way to go and or it's something. Like they and don't, they don't ever get tired of telling tourists things. No. They just, they're so proud of their city. Oh, so proud. And most and they of them were born right and raised. Yeah. Born and raised there. Uh, if I did not have kids. Yeah. I would go. Same. I would go in a heart. I would go now and help them. Same. Yeah. And then I would just like have somebody pack my shit up and right. send it out. Randy's trying to figure out a way to go down there and help. Like yeah. legitimately he's, he wants to go so badly. Yeah. I told Sarah though, that the gentleman that I've been following on Instagram said to me in a message that the best way we can help is by visiting again. I was like, twist my arm. Why don't you? (laughs) I mean, if you insist. Yeah. Gosh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, just begin at the beginning. We, the day we left, um, well, I, I gotta, I gotta back it up and tell about my like little bit of a nightmare on, getting to this trip or going on this trip. And I thought that the universe was throwing me 700 signs to not go. Yes. Which uh, is not the case. Yeah. Um, our babysitting fell through the two days before our dog sitter fell through the day before. Um, <laughs> and I just, Oh, and then like COVID was just, exploding um, yes there was all of this news talk about how new orleans is a ghost a town hot spot and well hot first spot. before that it was this hot spot and there are so many people there mm-hmm. and covid is spreading like wildfire so that was like at the pinnacle of mm-hmm. all of the things that we were like well shit yeah <laughs> like are we not supposed to go on this trip and i i actually like amy was like I'm going to be annoyingly optimistic because <laughs> that is not my MO. So I just decided no. to do it. I was, I was feeling it. So I just put it out there. Yeah. And I'm so glad you did. And I started to think, okay, sometimes the universe will throw obstacles in front of you for something that's supposed to be like this big thing. And I was like, it's just a trip. So it has to be telling me that I'm not supposed to go, but I'm going to figure this out. If I can get it figured out, we're going. Mm-hmm. So as I'm getting all of this figured out and literally had to make a spreadsheet for where my children were going to yeah. be on what days at what times, cause it was changing so much and, uh, <laughs> it, it gets all figured out. And then we get the news that New Orleans is a ghost town. There's nobody there. Everything. You have to have your vaccination card or a negative COVID test to get in. You have to be wearing a mask. Um, they had everything like social. I felt so much better. I was like, okay, we can do this. No, at first you were upset about it. Oh, thinking everything was going to be closed. And then yes. posit- 
super positivity over yes, here that yes. never happens was like, no, it's going to be like, we're, I don't know why I put this reference out there. Cause she was like, huh? But I was <laughs> like, it's going to be like, we're on the bachelor and they just opened up new Orleans just for us, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, they're rolling out the red carpet. And you know what? It fucking is exactly it, like that, that was exactly what happened from the moment we stepped outside of the airport mm-hmm. and got in the lift yep. with our lift driver, Kevin. Yep. yep. That we felt like we were royalty. I felt like I was like, like, I don't even know part of the family. Yes. And I was coming home for Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And by part of the family, I mean every single person on the street and every single person in every restaurant. Absolutely. It's one giant family. Mm -hmm. We got amazing recommendations from him. He was so sweet. He was so proud of his town. Um, We got to the hotel and when we walked in, I don't know about you, but when we walked in, I was like... Oh, I love it here. <laughs> it had so many ha- haunty vibes, creepy yeah. vibes. Oh my God, I loved it. Big old chandelier in the front with like wooden floors and exposed brick walls and like a spiral staircase going upstairs. And it was just, it was whew. definitely an old home. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, because of the way that the rooms were, mm-hmm. you could see what like, there was a door in between mine and another, I don't know what it was, but it was like glued shut, Yeah, you know, <laughs> Yeah, under those, um, old, beautiful homes that had been renovated into a hotel. My favorite part about the hotel was the people that worked there. Yeah. They were amazing. They were amazing. They were so sweet and, um, just accommodating and let us take our bikes through the hotel and put them in the back courtyard. And so I was, uh, this is, this is my take on the bike. Well, let's go back about the bikes. <laughs> um, we have to talk about where we rented them from. Yes, we do. Flambeau bicycle rentals. Highly recommend it. Even if you just go in to talk to the owner, get a bike though. You can see so much more. You can. But just talk to the owner for a little bit. <laughs> and then tell us how that was. Yes. He's the smoking hot, okay? Dreamy. Like, so dreamy. And he had that beautiful New Orleans accent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and was so chill. Yes. Everybody was so chill. Like, Things it was, just move slower down there. They move slower. I, I And you know how there's that whole thing the feminist vibe which I'm normally into mm-hmm. I really love that everybody called me baby yeah, I know I or mama like, yeah or mama yes I was I like this it. is I don't know I felt it was the way they said it. yes it was nothing was sexual no, about it and all. nothing was demeaning about no. it either it was like baby baby it's it fine was like, it's um, fine what, what how are we gonna fix it it's totally fine endearing. or whatever yeah like just very endearing. we don't worry here is what the, like I think yeah. somebody said to me like yeah Baby, we don't worry here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I loved it. I did too. I loved it. I felt, I don't know. It was incredibly felt, I felt incredibly safe. Yes. Um, yes. I I free, free, just freedom. Yes, exactly. There's these videos that Randy took of me on the bike. And (laughs) when I look at them, there's a story we'll tell you later. When I look at them, that's what I think. I think just straight freedom. I was just... I don't know. It was like without a care. Tell them about um, our Cafe du Monde day two when you went oh, up to order. Oh, yes. So Cafe du Monde, everybody told us to go. And I really didn't even know what a beignet was. I'm not going to lie. Like I knew nothing about this city. I just 
knew we wanted to go. Knew we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And none of us had been. So it was so good that we had to go a second time. And so we rode our bikes over there and parked them. I said, I'll go get everything. So I went up to order and, and the lady behind the counter was like, four waters, three sets of beignets, two frozen. Co-. And I was like, what? And she was like, you're back so soon. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, you were just here. Now, mind you, this person waits on hundreds of people a day. Hundreds. Yes. So there's no pot. I mean, how? How did she remember how your order? How did she remember? And so the woman next to me was getting her beignets and she looked at me. And she's like, where are you from? And I told her and I just said what we've been saying about how friendly and kind everyone was. And her response was my favorite of all because it, it, she summed up for me what I was feeling and she said that here in New Orleans, we're all family. It doesn't matter your color, your race, your creed, your like religion, your religion, politics. your politics. None of that matters, but we're family and we're here to take care of each other. And she talked about how she left after Katrina for six years in Vegas. And she said, you know, I had everything. I had the house. I had the money. I had the job. And I prayed every night for God to bring me back to New Orleans. And, um... Yeah. yeah. And then and then she got back and, you know, the way she explained it is exactly what it was. I just, I don't know without, I don't know how to put an emotion into words. There was zero tension in the air. None. Yeah. There was no racial tension. No. There was no political tension. No. You do it. I didn't know nor care about anything right. about anybody. You know what I mean? It yeah. was just everyone was so fucking kind and hospitable and that was just my soul needed it it was so healing yes it was so healing to see people humans interact the way that i expect and would think that humans would interact this is and so this is why we're telling you about it about it because it was sort of like this mental health soul utopia it really was like everything that we strive for in kindness and in spreading kindness and in compassion and empathy, it existed and breathed and like pulsed through the veins of this city. It, it was did. just so real. None of it was fake. Oh no. These are the most authentic people. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I felt like I could have gotten help from any person Mm -hmm. we were stopped at the on the side or not on the sidewalk on the side of the road with our bikes and um amy's kickstand was stuck because it was like real it was just a really like difficult one that just kept getting stuck wasn't my fault also we we all can we all know already like the ridiculousness of me getting on a bike again (laughs) okay that's all um, and this woman just stops and she's like, oh, honey, you got to like move the pedal up like this and just like everything. And then I was talking to Mike about going somewhere, I think. And this man was like, oh, if you're going to go there, you want to make sure that you get this and this. And yeah, I was just like, what? How? What? So <laughs> like you overheard us talking and you decided to give us better advice on right. what to do. It was just they were just so nice. So when we came back with the bikes for the first day, 
um, the owner, or I think he was the owner. Yeah. Uh, opened the door to greet us, which, okay. And I was yeah. like, shit, he's going to tell us we cannot have the bikes. And the bike man said we had to put the bikes inside somewhere. And that's just my immediate thought, right? Right. right. First thought is like, crap, how are we going to like explain this to him? And he was like, oh, you got bikes? He was like, yeah, we'll put them in the courtyard. You can lock them up yeah. there. Just wheel them on through. And yeah. then our room was right there. He's like, oh, you want to put it in your room? Go ahead. And he was just holding the door for us. Yep. To get the bikes in and out. Yep. Like, it was so accommodating. Uh, we had dinner one night and the sheriff was hanging out in front of the restaurant oh. leaning against his car. Well, just- wait, let me tell the story of how you and I got out to the sheriff. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Oh, so, my God. So Michael had had one too many blue drinks from... Um, <laughs> That's right. That was blue drink day. That was blue drink day. When, Guys. When he sang and you sang, you, you got sang too. Don't go Don't go to New Orleans and drink blue drinks. Just don't do it. Or do it. It was <laughs> Or fine. do it. He didn't even get sick. But it was on bar rescue. And so he, yeah. was, he yeah. we went in there and it ended up being such a good plan to go in there because I enjoyed my day mm-hmm. with um, the gentleman playing the piano. Anyways... Mike had had too many blue drinks. Um, I, I, he does not. His tongue was blue. His tongue was blue. His teeth were blue. blue. (laughs) And he's not someone who over drinks often. So when he, when he gets like that, it's the most hilarious thing ever. Hilarious. So, um, he goes outside to have a cigarette and we're like, oh, he's been gone a long time. (laughs) And Randy's like, I'm going to go check on him. And then Sarah and I followed and I was like, shit. I was like, he's talking. Why is he talking to the sheriff? I was like, no, this is a terrible, terrible situation. I was like, and I just like planned out all these things, how we were going to get him out of trouble and blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not what was happening. No, 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 no. No. The sheriff was the kindest soul. Oh my God. Giving all of these recommendations to us. And just shooting the shit. Yeah. And then did you see how he treated the other guy who came up? Yes, I did. Who was, I think, a cook somewhere, but definitely not all there Mm -hmm. and definitely on something. Yes. Yes. So what, you know, people in other cities like to think of is like less than. Yes. Yes. And he came up and said something completely ridiculous Mm -hmm. uh, and was just being silly and ridiculous and i just thought oh no now he's gonna get arrested like in my brain my mind is like all these horrible things are going to happen right and instead the sheriff like entertains this conversation and just like is very kind to him and sends him on his way well yeah he was really kind to him and then he started to get a little bit like too saucy yes and so the sheriff says hey buddy i'm just trying to show these people a great time in our fine city yeah he's like Let's keep it that way for them. And he even said to him, why don't you come back after they after leave? After they leave. Yep. Yeah. Because he was going to entertain his like conversations yeah. and questions after the fact. It was just... So I'm like still trying to like get over the fact that I just had this interaction <laughs> with this sheriff and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything I know is now blown out of the water. Like I am so <laughs> amazed by this man. So we're walking away and we're riding away on our bikes. And t- starting to go down this the street, and he starts. We didn't have our bikes yet. This was day one. No, was it? 
I swear we were riding away no. on our bikes. And he starts running no. after we us. Were, we were walking on the sidewalk, and it was the first day because Blue Drinks was the first day. Oh, uh, yeah. And we got to eat at that restaurant that everybody said to eat at. It yeah. was only open on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were so right. shocked that we, like, I, things just worked out. <laughs> So he comes running after running, us. Like running. Like running. Hey, hey, And wait. I'm like, guys, guys, he's chasing he's us. He's chasing us. We're like, oh, shit. What did you do? What? Like, did, Mike, did somebody do this? Something? What's going on? And he's like, I told, I told you the wrong direction. You need to go right on that street, not left when you want to go to such and such place yeah. that I told you about. And we were like... Oh, uh, okay. okay. Thank we're, you. We're like, oh my god, he's he's being nice. We just we didn't know what to do with ourselves because we're yeah. so conditioned. For I'm the just way waiting are. for everybody to just right, be mean. right. Uh, I really am, and it's I sad that that's how we it is. Reacted. And I said to Randy, I said, I'm just waiting. I was like, it's gonna happen. We're gonna find an unkind person. Nope, nope, not one. Not a one. Not till we got to the airport. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. But you, y'all are familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Airport experiences. So, it's probably my favorite trip, except for Italy, that I've ever taken. And I've traveled. I would consider myself well traveled across the country. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite city of all of them. I agree. And I Same would seems. do it again in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. So since we can't move there, we're going to go every year Mm -hmm. just to like have something to look forward to and have that reprieve. I just, I said to, what did I say? I said, it feels like I'm on drugs, but I'm on nothing. Yes. We kept saying that all of us. Like it just felt like I was like completely blissed out. Yeah. But on life. Yeah. Oh, it was so fucking amazing. It was so amazing. Just talking about it makes me sad because I miss it so much. I know. So, so much. And... Um, I think there's two other parts we should probably get into, uh, our tour mm-hmm. and our readings. Yeah. Cause those are, those are some, pi- some big points too in yeah. our, in our trip. So stick around when we come back. We will tell you all about those. So before we left for our trip, I got into research mode and that's kind of what I do. I will research the hell out of things before we go. But when we get there, I just need someone to like literally turn me and move me in that direction. (laughs) I I am off. I am done. There is no more. I can't do anything else. Like that's just how I am with trips. So yeah. So Sarah learned that quickly. Um, <laughs> it was fine though. I was totally cool with that. It was that. actually like a really good balance. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't travel well with people. No, no, I can't even imagine. I don't even know anyone that I travel well with. So this was like genius that it all worked for all four of us. It was, we just kind of fell into a good, it was like flawless, a good rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, oh my gosh. So if you look at TripAdvisor, if you look at all the other New Orleans sites, like the tourist sites, there's a million tours you can go on. There's so many things to do. You can, I mean, it, there was just so many options and I knew that I didn't want to over plan us. Mm-hmm. So I only booked one because you guys know I had to see the witchy shit. Remember? <laughs> right. She had to. So I, so I booked the adult, like witchiest one they had. Well, it was at the end of a, a very long day. It was we our had, first day. It was our first day. And we, we all chose poorly on our footwear. Very poorly. <laughs> the blisters were just growing hell. new blisters. Yeah. 
Also, here's something else about... Am I saying it right? New Orleans? It's not New Orleans, is it? Uh, well, it's either way. Oh, I, is it? Yeah. Okay. Because that would be terrible if I was saying it wrong the whole time. No. Um. Oh, is that... <laughs> there is something great about... Not at all. The only bad downside is that you wake up, you shower, <laughs> you walk outside... <laughs> And you are drenched in sweat. Immediately. Immediately. Like, I mean, like, bra, underwear, clothes, hair. Drenched. Drenched. Like, soaking. And eventually, we just decided to fucking go with it. We were like, well, well, we're rocking it. Because I at first, I thought, well, we'll go home and change and all shower and whatever. And then change clothes. We did everything in those nasty-ass clothes. Yes, we did. We were dirty. But and I didn't fun. care. I didn't care either because that's the vibe of the city. Yes, like I just I was like it nobody doesn't matter. cared. No, nobody oh. cared. It was great. So we're at the end of a long day, very very long day. I think we got up at six for our flight, and then yeah, we yeah. got to the we had an eight o'clock then tour, and we had gone started at noon, and we had done the city like crazy like all the way through. Yes, on foot. On foot. So we get to the tour and it looks like it's going to storm like lightning. Like it was kind of beautiful it was if I wasn't in so much pain. Yeah. It was super creepy too. And I check us in and like <laughs> Mike's, this is blue drink day. So he's like laying on the sidewalk. <laughs> Sarah's like has her head in her hands. It's about to storm. I was like, oh, fuck, what do we So we can't. None of us wanted to speak up and say, no. can we do this another time? Yeah. Because we were all like, oh, no, I'm cool. We can keep, I can keep going. Of course I can keep up. Of, <laughs> of course. course. So <laughs> we luckily, happily all said, I think that's enough for today. Yes. And rescheduled the tour for the following day. Yes. And it ended up being like the most, this is just kind of how it went too. Like things just fell into place. Mm-hmm. Because our tour guide the next night was very different from the first tour guide. Yeah. And I believe the tour was extremely different. Oh, it had to be. Because she, yeah. So. He's an army war veteran. He is a, a an historian mm-hmm. for the university there. And he uh, he works at the World War II mu- Museum yes, there. Yes. And he teaches history. Yeah. yeah. And he is uh, a wealth of knowledge on the history of New Orleans. Oh, and my goodness. Holy shit. Does this city have a fucking horrendous history? Like, yes, I can't even get over the horror that this city has been through. But we were all talking about like, we think that's why everybody's so nice. Because Mm. it's like, uh, I don't know, like to counterbalance it all. Yes, that it's this like lovely, kind, loving, opening. Because we're sitting on so many like mass graves of people. Yep. But my favorite thing was when he said, well, you know how Sarah and I love the F word. He was like, I'm not going to give you any fucking bullshit. He's like, these pe- fucking people over here, they're going to tell you about a ghost that's not fucking real. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you. I was like, you're my person. Yeah. Yeah. So he gave us the real deal. Oh, guys, are you ready for this? Because we're going to give you some history. And we're going into all these details because... We just want you to know that like life like this exists somewhere and how we talk about all of these things, like how we wish that the world was kinder, but it is, we just have to keep being persistent and consistent in our efforts and it'll happen. I, I have found traveling to probably be 
uh, next to my medicine, the best thing for my mental health. I agree. Cause we, you can, it opens your mind to so many other things and so many different ways of life, ways of living, ways of, of communicating. Yep. Um, Human interaction. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's so, uh, inspiring. Yes. It, it sparks your creativity and it just makes you realize how big everything is. You and know, how you, small we are. And how small we are. So. Do you remember the gentleman's name? I don't. Oh, it's Mike. It's Mike. That's right. It's Mike. Because I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's Mike. So we're going to give you the history, though, because you guys know we love the true crime. So you're getting a part mental health, part true crime. We're not going into the true crime because that's for our Patreons, which you can be, too. You, too, can be a Patreon. And listen to the true crime research by us. Yes. So go on. Go. Hop over there. Just jump on over. <laughs> it's how we do this, guys. It's the only way we can keep these things going. Yeah. So we appreciate so, it. But you'll get, um, especially with Halloween coming up, I'm going to dive into all sorts of ghosts and witchy shit. <laughs> and all the true crime. All the true crime. Um, yeah. So this, and this was nice because there was no bullshit. There was no like fake shit. Yeah. And so what we're telling you is like real. Yeah. All right. Oh boy. Where do we even I think begin? He start, we could start where he started in Jackson Square. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I'll let you take that one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'll just I'll just sit over here and talk yeah. about the happy stuff. It's real real lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. Uh so Jackson Square was their area of um, congregating. Congregating, yes, and socializing. And socializing. So the way that they would do this congregating and socializing, um, you know, just like we would congregate and go to a concert together, um, and a big crowd of people all together enjoying the same thing, cheering for the concert, for the band, singing along, they would do with public executions. Hangings. Hangings. For some, the wheel for some. Oh, that's right. The cat he of demonstrated nine tails that. for some. <gasps> Holy fuck. Yeah, so we won't give you all the details. That's for Patreon. Yes. I was going to explain it, but yes, you're right. Okay. (laughs) Um, But these public executions would happen out there, um, and it was horrendous. And most of them were criminals or slaves. So if a slave was out of line or behaving in such a way that they wanted to make an example out of them and let the other slaves know, like don't do this or this is going to happen to you too. That was, that was the general idea of these public executions. Um, but they also would do it for criminals. And when I say criminals, I mean people who may have like stolen a loaf of bread. Yeah. Or yeah. Whistled at a woman or. Well, if you were black. Yes. If you were white, probably murder. (laughs) Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There, I will tell you one quick story that there was a nine-year-old I girl. I fucking hate this story. I believe she was turning nine. She was eight, Whoa. turning nine. And her daddy, she was very wealthy, and her daddy asked her what she wanted for her birthday, and she wanted to watch an execution. So they traveled some some miles. I don't think they were very far to Jackson Square, um, and there weren't any executions happening that day. Uh, but daddy went and found somebody to say, my daughter wants this. It's her birthday. And so they found a slave and publicly executed him. 
and she sat and squealed with happiness and was like hopping up and down in her chair and clapping her hands. And she was so excited as she watched this man horrifically squirm and die because they didn't do it like they yeah. did in other places where you stood up high on a platform and then the bottom goes out from under you and your neck breaks immediately and you're gone. They did it where you st- stood on this like little stool and then they would just move the stool away um, so that you would suffocate and it would take about six to eight minutes for someone to die. So the way that he got this information and I just want to throw this in there because mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. always an educator. <laughs> I can't stop. I teach social studies fact as well. Fact-checking here. We're just, we're yeah, we're fact-checking too. Is that... Um, he, he really emphasized something that I already knew, but I never really thought about like going back and finding these, but primary sources, mm-hmm. letters and journals Yep. over secondary sources, which is just, you know, whatever people said. Right. So the primary sources is how he got that story. Right. He actually read a letter. It was a journal. journal. Mm-hmm. About the, uh, and that, that was how it was described. It was the dad's journal and he was said yes. like how happy his daughter was and how she squealed with delight. So I think that's just like kind of a, it made me super, I, I like history. I, but it made me really interested in reading more primary sources. Yes. Yeah. To learn about things. Yeah. So that's where he got that story. It's not like he just made it up. Yeah. Right. Right. Or just said, like, we heard. Legend yeah. has it. Legend has it. There was no legends with this guy. No, he Holy had everything. Shit. Yeah. He had everything down to, like, the, the, every fact. So there was no, there was no fun, like, um, and it's known to have this spirit attached. Yeah. He was just like, listen, this is what happened. Yeah. And we loved it. We were like, this is so great. Yeah. And, We'll just kind of run down the few murders that he spoke about and then pick up on them in more detail later. So much murder. There was a lot, but you know, I don't know. Is there more? I don't know. Anyways. um, Right. More now, less. I don't know. I don't know. Quantify that. I think that I was surprised because I hadn't gone this far back in Morbid Mm -hmm. and I hadn't listened to this criminal. It wasn't actually um, criminal. It was a. It wasn't crime junkie. It was supernatural. Crime junkie. It was supernatural with Ashley Flowers, which I'm going to call bullshit on Ashley. Why? (laughs) Oh man, I'm probably going to get canceled. Going to get canceled because, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, after listening to this man and taking in all of the podcasts later, I don't think there was anything supernatural about this murder. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a people tie supernaturals things to it i think because of where it took place sure it and makes because a better of, story it also it also and and you'll understand when we tell you but i think it also they were finding a way to not excuse it but to make it so that it wasn't like a person like a human being could actually do this to someone Yeah. So, and I also think that that's a way to explain away some mental illness as well. A hundred percent on the nose. I think yeah. that's what it was because you don't want to vilify. Right. You know, that's the reason why people thought, you know, my husband was scary because he was bipolar because right. bipolar, they say bipolar thing. People do certain things. Right. right. Exactly. So, but this was not that long ago. No. Yeah. It was 2006 and Katrina happened in 2005. So, in 
2006, which I just, for me, I know that's a lot of years ago, but to me, anything in the 2000s is, is recent. Is recent. I, I'm, <laughs> I totally agree with you. I'm I like, also, that was only a few years ago. Seriously, like that was like yesterday. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in myself because I didn't know this story because I hadn't gone that far back into some of the catalogs of mm-hmm. the true crime things that I listen to. Yeah. Cause it's one of the more popular ones. So people do it usually early on. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think we should get into the whole thing, No, but it's, it's the Zach and Addie. Um, it was a murder suicide and I think we could still talk about the best part about it was the fact that our fucking tour guide knew Zach. <laughs> like, like what? Like really? <laughs> huh? He started talking about it like so nonchalantly and we're like, wait, hold on, hold on. What did he say? I, I thought for sure I misheard him. I did and then too. He was like, no, no, no. Like they were having a cigarette together. They stayed. He, both in the, the tour French guide quarter. and, um, Zach. Zach stayed as in the French quarter, um, after Katrina. Through Katrina. Through they, Katrina. They, yeah. Yes. And, um, I don't know if they were waiting outside for food. I think that's what it was. And they were having a cigarette and he just started talking to him. Zach started talking to Mike and they talked for a long time. Yes, they did. And then the, uh, I don't know if it was the phone or text or they met up. They would meet up for cigarettes because they didn't live far for, from yes. each other. So they yes. would smoke together. Yes. So how fucking weird is that? Okay. And he wasn't making this up because he drives this like very unique camouflage, camouflage Jeep. And Wrangler sort of thing. And I was watching a show. I uh, was a I can't remember what show it was. Crap. Uh, But anyways, I was watching a show about this murder or suicide. And um, there he was (laughs) in his freaking Jeep with Zach leaning up against it. Like it was a picture of him because they showed a lot of pictures of Zach and Addie yeah. um, prior to everything. And that was one of the pictures. It was our tour guide. I'm like, well, he wasn't bullshitting. There he is. Oh, no, he was not <laughs> bullshitting. But like, what a small world. Right. Like yeah. insanely crazy to hear that he knew him and to kind of listen to him talk about his kind of like. Um, he I was going to say progression. Progression. But what's, the, what's the backwards part of that? Like he, degression, (laughs) degression, no progression into illness, progression into psychosis is Mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm kind of landing for what's happened to him Yes, and why he did what he did. Yes. Also, I think that, you know, people, two people can push each other to Mm -hmm. do really awful things. And that's kind of how they were. Yeah. The other thing is that they were in what time magazine? Did you catch that? Oh, because they stayed. Because they, they were, were interviewed. they were a couple. Yes. Who brought, were brought together, together by, by Katrina. Katrina. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. There were just so many weirdo things about this story. And um, it's interesting. We're going to get into it later and talk about, we saw the place where it happened and talk about kind of what we, well, I'll speak for myself, what I think is going on in that building. Um opposed as opposed to what people were saying so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that was one of them that i just thought it was just really fascinating that he knew yeah the murderer yeah um the other and a lot of these are on like are part of american horror story so if you're yes. an american horror story fan but definitely these, not 
huge liberties taken. Huge liberties, yeah. So, um, there, but they were storylines for that. Um, one of those being Delphine Lalori. And I, as Mike, our tour guy puts it, she was a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's putting it mildly. This woman was a horrendous, horrific person. Um, basically she kept, she kept, slaves locked up in cages in her home and would torture them for fun and kill them. Um, in American Horror Story, there were people that, you know, were walking upside down on their hands and feet like a spider and their heads turned around. Like so many, cre- like that she had done experiments on like taking body parts off and mm. moving them, but that just wasn't historically accurate. Um, but she did do awful, awful things to them. Um, but they... Eventually, one of the people uh, was handcuffed to the stove at one point, and so she started a fire. And when they came to save the people in the building, they saw her, and she said, there are people upstairs. You have to go get them. Um, so there are no basements. I know. I think it showed it in a basement, maybe. I can't remember. Um on American Horror Story, I mean, and, uh, but there no, were, it was the third floor that was bullshit. But it's the th- yeah. It was the second there floor. There was the third floor. Yeah. Um, and she, there is now though. Yes. <laughs> um, they went up and found all of these human beings kept like animals in cages and were able to rescue, um, a, a few, but, uh, it was too late for a lot of people. And believe it or not, that was against the law. It was in New Orleans. And so, but she had a judge friend who Mm -hmm. kept letting her get off on it. But then she ran to France, right? She did. She ran off to France and never came back and was never arrested and never went to jail and never paid her penance in this life, at least for the horrible things that she did to those poor people. Guess who used to own that? (laughs) Like this, seriously, there was so many random things about this tour that you wouldn't believe unless you were there. Yeah. I was like, who? Wait, what? <laughs> like my brain couldn't connect all of these things. Nicholas Cage. Owned he bought, the LaLaurie mansion. He, he bought the mansion because he's he, eccentric. He thought it would be cool. Oh no, he, he thought he was to going have, to get inspired yes, that to he, write the great American horror story. Yeah. So he bought it so he could go and write this story in this book, which never <laughs> happened in it. And he was not liked very well by the um, New Orleans community. And I suppose that if you don't treat them well, they're not going to treat you well. Yeah. And I just he can't was imagine them. arrested four times for drunken disorderly. And they said and like to get arrested for drunken disorderly in that town is near impossible. Near- exactly. So what the fuck were you doing? Nick Cage? <laughs> right. What were you doing? What were you doing? We want to know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he bought it. Then they convinced him that it was cursed and he must sell it. And that the only way for the curse to be lifted off of him was to build a monument, um, for their dead. And so he built a monument in the shape of a pyramid, like the one from national treasure. <laughs> I almost spit my wine. Out. I mean, I don't know why I think that's so funny. It's fucking crazy. Like Nick Cage, buddy. Oh, man. Oh, man. He's he's just he has just enough money to be eccentric to yeah. that level. Right, right. You know, uh, so he does not own it anymore. He had to sell it to pay off some taxes or something. Yes. 
guess what, buddy? I'm eccentric and I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, we can't go buy <laughs> mansions that are haunted, apparently. Okay, so whose picture was everywhere, all over New Orleans, in every building, in every room, and in my hotel room, and who freaked me the fuck out? In my hotel room, and I swear to God, her eyes followed me. They do. They followed you. They followed me. I Yes. It was Marie Laveau, right? Yes. And prior to the tour, I had not looked anything up. I didn't know anything. No. I thought she was, like, evil, and I was like, why the fuck is she above my bed? (laughs) Like, why is she everywhere? She's everywhere. But no, no, she no. was a fabulous woman who um, did voodoo, but for positive reasons and for protection and helping yeah. people. She did it to, I mean, I think that she manipulated some people with it, but um, I'm they were white slave owners, so I say go for it. Wait, wasn't it that she did their hair? Yeah, and when she would do their hair, they she would, would get all the gossip. She would get all yep. the gossip. So then, when she would get all the gossip, she would be able to go sure. do this, do this voodoo quote. Yeah, um, by knowing all of these things, yeah. that how could anybody possibly know right. these things? Exactly, but she did. Um, so she was able to save up six hundred dollars, which is about twenty thousand dollars today, to buy her way out of slavery. So she was a free woman of color. In New Orleans. Um, pretty ironically, I think, she owned slaves herself. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't either. I don't... Yeah. I don't know. I think it's horrible. I mean, regardless I don't, I don't, of yeah. who you are. Unless she did it in a, in a different way. And treated. And just was like, this is a way to get you out of that situation. Let's think of it like that. Let's pretend. Okay? <laughs> Let's pretend and think of it like that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> oh, but yes, we're not going to give you any more juicy stuff um, that is going to be on our Patreon for an episode. So you're going to have to head over there for all the details. On the other murders. On the other uh, murders, the other serial killers, the um, which there are a yeah. few. Yeah. One unsolved, one solved. Yes. Yeah. Wild. It's wild. It's wild too how many tours there were as we were getting a tour. Mm-hmm. So it was just, there had to be a, I mean, for the town being a ghost town, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like not that mm-hmm. many people there. Right. There were so many, um, tours happening. So it's just, it's something I think that everyone should do at least once. Yeah. At least try one. He also said as a suggestion, uh, the other one that he suggested that was pretty like good in terms of historical facts was the one that was about the women, the bad bitches, bad bitches tour. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest that one too. Yeah. We should have gone on the bad bitches tour too. I know. But we did all the things. We did all the, we did almost everything on our suggested list by all of the locals. Well, one of the most amazing things we did was go to Earth Odyssey and get readings done. Yes. So prior to going, I did my research um, <laughs> looking for the most reputable place. And Earth Odyssey was up there. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been the most like reputable place for tarot cards. There wasn't a mediumship. It was tarot cards, angel readings, chakra balancing, palm Palms. readings. And all four of us got readings. And, and we all four met up 
after in uh, a bar that was right next door. It was almost like a pub. Yeah. And just had the most groundbreaking conversations. We all sort of cracked open into spaces that we had been keeping closed off and shared with one another. And this is the kind of freedom that we're talking about here. Yeah. I think that we just felt permission after getting some of these things told to us yeah, um, to just be so open because I mean, that's where you and I, Sarah and I Mm -hmm. live is in that level. And so to talk with the guys about it as well at that level of just such deep rawness. Yeah. The things, the things that were, that she said to us. Or things we didn't even know but knew, if that makes sense. It does. To me, because that's part of it. Yeah. But, so, yeah. so it's like you're, she, she was able to say things out loud that maybe we weren't able to say yet out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a good way to describe it. Every time she said something, I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I mean, I, you know, everyone believes different things and you can, you can believe how you want to believe and that's totally fine. I never believed in this. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say something here. I didn't because in the Catholic church, you were taught that this would like open the gates to, like, to hell, to right? hell and to like devils and de- demons. But let's go ahead and think about the fact that the Catholic church in New Orleans was tied to voodoo right like they were almost like one in the same Uh uh-huh also the catholic church has you um praying to a statue ah yeah mary um you are eating a symbolic blood and body of a person that you're worshiping yeah like there are so many things about organized religion especially like in catholicism that they will say like that's a cult or that's this and we're like okay but what are we doing here what are we doing here what is this and they'll be like no 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 this one's true (laughs) this one's true this is real um we're not saying it's not i'm just saying it's not at all either i'm just saying that in this town in new orleans i learned that they were tied so closely this was a highly catholic town like yes very all straight Catholics everywhere. Because despite everybody thinking that everyone was French, they were actually Irish and the Irish Catholics had come over. And so Catholicism was huge. Yes. Yeah. And so the readings were really groundbreaking and opening for all of us. Sarah and I got to do something that we've never done before. Mm -hmm. And I really just picked it because you got to pick like what two things you wanted to do. Uh, just because I don't really, I didn't believe in it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the truth. That's why I picked it. Really? Yeah. I didn't believe in it. And I was like, I just kind of want to hear what bullshit she's going to yeah. say. But it was palm readings. Yep. Never had one before. Uh, how the fuck could that be bullshit? It was so it was spot, so spot on. on. That was the that was the truest um, reading of anything I've ever had done ever in my life was this palm reading. Because she was able to say things. And validate things that so that I knew that she mm-hmm. knew what she was talking mm-hmm. about and then tell me things that, like you said, I knew but didn't know. Yes. Do you want to give any examples? I'm okay with sharing. Some Go ahead. If you're not. Um, well, she was able to tell me I have two kids. Like, I, 
I know you can guess that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy and girl, though, she was able to tell me that my boy was older and she focused on him and she just kept saying, um, is he about, is he about 11? And I said, he is 11. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, she was able to pull out and talk about his struggles with his depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and how he, she was telling me things that I knew he felt, yeah, but haven't talked to him about. Because yeah. I wasn't sure how to approach it because she was talking about how he feels alone in this world because he's such an old soul that he doesn't understand the interactions of children. And when they're being nasty to one another and they're bullying each other, like he doesn't, he can't, he can almost like not handle it. Yeah. Which is true. He, he doesn't, he like flips out. Yeah. When there's a situation that he doesn't know how to handle. And so she was like, when she's telling me this, I'm like, uh-huh. Like, have you, do you have cameras in my house? Exactly. Like, what's this happening? This is not stuff you can, like, look up anywhere. Because no. these aren't even things that Sarah's spoken out loud before. I haven't, like, posted them anywhere. Like, no. even if she found us on, like, Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Like, I've never talked about him and in that way. Yeah. Um, and so she was able to give me, like, specific things that he's done. And then she told me, like, you need to start treating him like mm-hmm. an old soul. And he will progress. And she said, even though you feel like he isn't progressing and that he is like staying still, he is, he is, he is moving, he is learning, he is growing and he, um, will grow even faster and, and more like strongly if I start treating him like an old soul. Yeah. It was fascinating. The things she said about our kids, she said things about Avery being, um, the struggles that I had with him in the beginning. Yeah. And the struggles I was still having and the fact that I'm the only one who can, these tied to me so tightly, that's going to be able to help him navigate the world without his father mm-hmm. and, you know, not go down the same path of mental health, mental illness in that way. Right. And then, um, as for Lily, that was probably the part that got us all choked up the most. Yep. Um, she told us that, well, she told me that, uh, Mike and Lily had like a contract before my players were all even here and that they are connected deeply and way beyond this life. Yeah. And it's so true. And she said that, um, he was going to teach her how to respect, but more so like, like, or be able to enjoy male, male figures. Yeah. Male figures. And, um, that he was going to teach her how to kind of like what a relationship looks like mm-hmm. and how to have a relationship with mm-hmm. someone else and how, what it looks like to have be a healthy relationship. And so, you know, how do you know that? I don't know how you know that. Right. Because, you know, I haven't ever thought about the effect that it would have on Lily to be in your marriage with Scott, like to be a, a child in that environment until we talked about it there. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I did. It weighed heavy on me. And that was one of my main reasons for leaving or separating. I just, it, it it's unbelievable to me that she gets to see a different yeah. situation mm-hmm. so that she doesn't jump, you know, every time she like asks for something or she yeah. makes a mistake, you right. know, her and Mike are so tight and mm-hmm. so close that um 
it's really beautiful and it's 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 hard to believe i guess that they just met yeah because you know that they didn't no and that made all the sense they have a big love they do (laughs) they do they have a big love for each other Mm -hmm. and when he got choked up and said i just love her so much i lost it (laughs) i started crying i'm like oh my god that might be like the only thing he really gets choked up about is lily yeah like they are soul connected. <laughs> so he asked the bartender, or like, do you have a lot of people that have br- <laughs> that have breakthroughs here at the bar? And she's like, breakthroughs? No, breakdowns. Yes, <laughs> because it was like two two stores down from Earth Odyssey. Yeah, so we thought maybe people would come there afterwards yeah. and just like have these life breakthroughs, like I mean, we did. <laughs> it was it was really interesting because I just had such a positive reading and a positive. Um, conversation with her and it validated for me all the things that I thought were happening in terms of the fact that she's like you have been through hell like now is your time yeah now is your time and there was just all all the things she was even able to tell me about this year and why I took the break why and look I, at that. Look like, at it. why I took the medical sabbatical. Like, she knew. Who the fuck knows these? Like, how do you know that I took a break? I mean, right. half, half of you didn't even know that I took the, right. took the year <laughs> off. Um, but there is some deep work that I need to do. And she talked about it without knowing exactly. I mean, she talked about what I'm doing in therapy. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. It was bananas. Yeah. So, uh, it, that was, that was incredible. That was really incredible. She gave like whether I mean, to me, it was real. I believed it. I believe in it. Um, I believe that people are given gifts um, from God. And I don't think that they are evil or demonic. I think that they are spiritual and a gift. Like, you know, just like some people can sing and dance and act. And some people can sense things things and have, have a deep intuition. Yeah. And, uh, she just was amazing. So when she said to me, um, she flipped one of the, t- cause I had a tarot reading, which I've never had either. I've yeah. had angel card readings, yeah, but I'd never had a tarot mm-hmm. reading. So she flipped one of the cards over and she said, now is the time to sit in your throne. Oh, and she ass. said, you've been hesitant and you know, you deserve a seat there, but you doubt yourself mm-hmm. and you have gotten through hell and now is the time to sit in your throne and how I weird was like, is it that we both had yep. mm-hmm. that now is the time i also yeah. thought the one card she flipped for you can we talk about it? the yeah, gossip go card ahead. yeah I oh my like, gosh like I, that card to me i was like oh girl damn girl she flipped a gossip card and i was like oh <laughs> what <laughs> why i was like i don't like gossip but then she said no no it's not like that she said um because I had asked her about the podcast, obvi, and, <laughs> uh, or not asked her about it. I had told her what I did for a living. She yeah. asked me what I did for yeah. a living, and I told her. And she said, no, no, this is people talking about you. She said, I'm seeing a lot of exposure, and I'm seeing a lot of positive talk around your podcast. And I just got so emotional about that. Because like, that's what we're here to do is like, we want to get these stories out to people. We want people to feel 
a community. We want people to feel a connection. Uh, we want to make it okay to talk about things that are unspeakable. Yes. So when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like our mission, our vision, it's all coming into place. And it just made me so happy. It is all coming into place. And for my job part, it had three things. It had like three flowers. She's like, you're doing three things right now, aren't you? She's like, <laughs> and you're going to be successful at all of them. And, um, but she, she named the book and the podcast. And then she said the teacher thing, because I guess, it, you know, if you believe in past lives, she said that in my past lives, I was with children. Um, this was before she knew that I was a teacher and, um, that I just have been caring for children for, you know, time and time and time Gosh. again. She's like so many children that I kind of feel like you like ran an orphanage. And the wild thing about that is my heart has always been mm -hmm. to orphanages. I'd always like prayed back when I like would pray to God for things that I would go to Africa to work in an orphanage. Oh, like that was yeah, like my dream. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably just because my soul has been there, been there. And, and wants yeah. to go back. Yeah. And, um, I've always wanted to foster children and I mean, all of it, which I know on here, you guys, I talk about like how much I hate kids. <laughs> I know. Um, I really, really, she really don't. Though. I She's love so them. Full of it. I love them deeply. Like, and they love deeply. her and they do, they do love me. And, um, she's like the child whisperer. Yeah. And she, yeah. <laughs> and she said that, I don't know how it's going to happen, but she said, when I go back, that everything's going to be great. Like it's going to yeah. be a whole new chapter. So, so exciting. So it was exciting to get all of this, like good, positive news. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked that nobody bullshitted us there. Yeah. The tour guide, the lady giving our readings, the people at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We met the nicest people at the bar. It was like they, a local bar. There weren't yes. really tourists there. No. And they, I guess, bring their dog everywhere. And his name is Cooper and he's like a little Yorkie Chihuahua something mix, um, a rescue. So he's little. And so he just trots up and down the bar until somebody scratches his back and then he'll stop and like back up so that you can get good scratchies in. I held him for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Guess who that dog wanted to be with mostly? Amy. Oh my gosh. I swear dogs are like, I'm going to make you love me. <laughs> That's I what Crosley's mission in life is, is to make you love him. I know. I think that's why he <laughs> cries so much. He does. He just wants you to love him. Um, total side note, very, very side note, but I really want a dog. <gasps> I looked up and I, I researched last night cause I couldn't sleep. Emotional support dogs. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Which is God. very different and much easier to get than a, an actual, um, <sighs> uh, uh, oh my gosh. Just like a, a support dog that's like, like um you know that can go everywhere with you yes <sighs> you guys are all yelling at us right now i know you it you know you know you it. know we we don't know what we're but an emotional about. support dog is different you just need a letter from your psychiatrist and um even if i don't do that i feel like i've been thinking about it a lot and really putting it out there i don't just want any dog i know like you i have to right i one. have to get the right one mm-hmm and so, um, anyways, that's totally side point. I was going to say that I love this bar because I took pictures of, they had so much junk on the walls. It was I had fantastic. so much stuff all over the walls. Um, but I love this one. It says, as an American, you have a right not to wear a mask, but just like you, businesses have a right not to let you in, not to serve you. You can't have it both ways. 
You are free to make a choice, but that means accepting and consequences of your actions. And this is my favorite part. Screaming at employees or businesses for protecting their workers and customers does not make you a patriot. It makes you an asshole. <laughs> I know. I love that sign. Don't mistake inconvenience for oppression. Oh, and I boom. asked her about it. I asked Mic her drop. about it. And she was like, yeah, she was like, I get screamed at all the time. Like, pull out your card, put your mask on and drink your beer. Like, yeah. I don't know what else to tell you or don't walk in. Right. Right. They were just, that was what they thought was best. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they did in the city. And I don't know. To me, there was nothing. Um, I don't know. It was, it was just like, oh God, I don't know. Even in that bar, there wasn't one ounce of angst or, no, um, I don't know, like, like argumentative sort of anything. And the bartender said, she's like, no, 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 we don't talk politics. No, we don't, we don't talk, you know, these sorts of things. We just, we're here. We're just like having a life. Right. Right. We're enjoying a beer mm-hmm. and we're just like relaxing and we're just like enjoying life. Yes. That's what she said. She's like, that's what this city's mm-hmm. about. You just enjoy life. Yeah. And I think that was our, that was our lesson from this whole thing was to try to enjoy life more. And I know that that sounds like such a simple thing, but I think that as Americans, especially we forget that because we get so caught up in all of the bullshit, making money, working, um, having a Pinterest ready home, having your kids looking perfect to go to school and the Pinterest signs for them to do like, you know, like everything just looking like a magazine and your house has to have all the best stuff and the best cars and the whatever instead of just enjoying life and you know the french quarter we didn't make it out to the mansions uh we didn't make it out of the french quarter because my butt hurts so bad from from the bicycles um but the french quarter why i loved it so much is it was beat the fuck up yeah and it was still smiling. Yes. Like, it was not necessarily what I would call pretty. Like, there was potholes everywhere. There was paint chipping. Like, there were things boarded up, probably from the last hurricane. I still thought it was beautiful. No, no. Yeah. I did, too. Yeah. But it was not Pinteresty. No. Right, right, it right. It was rough. And yes. it was raw. And that's what I loved about it. Mm. I loved that basically you just fucking come and be yourself. Yeah. And, and we'll it. love you anyway. And yeah, exactly. No matter what. Exactly. It reminded me of like an old like woman with wrinkles or something who'd yeah. been through hell. Yeah. And but is like laughing. Yeah. And 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 that was just how I felt when I was there. I was like, this is fantastic. Like nothing's like cookie cutter perfect, you know. Right. Because they fucking get hit with hurricanes all the time, right. you know. <laughs> so, you know, but they're still standing and they're still smiling and they're still having a good time. Right. Um, I wanted to share a quote and this is a, an Amy Baumgartner quote, this is an Amy Baumgartner <laughs> quote. Um, I have to like give some full transparency. This is after my reading at the bar after like maybe two or three drinks, but I was mostly high on the reading. Yeah. So I put it in my notes. Uh, we came, we came to new Orleans to make bad decisions and find ghosts but instead found peace, calm, happiness, and clarity. And I really feel like that is sums it up. It does. I didn't make any bad decisions, unfortunately. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, I would love to end it on that beautiful note. No, we can't. We can't. Let's talk about Amy peeing her Spanx. (laughs) 
Let's do it. I love how you just said that. Let's talk about Amy peeing her Spanx. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if we ended on this, like, real, like, cutesy, like... I mean, I love... I'm both things, guys. I'm both things. I'm that quote, and I pissed my Spanx. (laughs) So... (laughs) But the best part is, is you peed your Spanx from laughing. I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard and so much on that trip. So much. And then after I peed my Spanx and told Randy about it, (laughs) I got back on my bike and pedaled home. (laughs) So I'm going to give a little bit of detail on this because it's just too good not to. Oh my God. She was having trouble getting started on the bike because this was after a few drinks. So she's trying to get the bike going, but we're, you know, we're all, I'm like all wobbling trying to get it going too. Cause we were, we had been drinking. We had actually been at, um, the spotted cat on the Frenchman street jazz club ever. Oh my gosh. The music was amazing and mm-hmm. dancing was amazing and the people were so nice. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're leaving there and, um, She's, she can't get it going. So she stops. And so Mike and I got our bikes going. So we didn't stop because it was like, if we stopped, we wouldn't be able to get going again. They left us. And so we just took off. And so Randy stops and is like holding her handlebars so she can like get herself steadied. He was such a gentleman. And he, she says, okay, I'm going to let go now. And he says, you're not letting go of anything. I'm going to let go. <laughs> And that's when it happened. <laughs> oh my god! And it just happened. I I did, and of course he thought that was fucking hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. and then took video of us riding our bikes yeah, back and to then the hotel. We'll, yeah, we'll post that because he's like the UTI biker gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It I, was just I God, I laughed so hard. I have to say that the riding the bikes. In the, at nighttime when there were like hardly any cars on the street was my favorite part of the whole trip. With our lights on the With wheels. With our lights on the wheels. But it was like, so the wind was blowing yeah. our hair back. We're riding in the streets. There was one point that we were riding behind these other three bikes and one of the women had a big speaker on the yeah. back of her um, bike playing like jazz music. So we're like riding to jazz music, wind in our hair, smiling, laughing at each other. And enjoying life. Sarah was always first because she, because I would get into my map, <laughs> like the physical paper map. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. I kind of forgot that there was, um, our phones, that we had our phones and that, that had like GPS and which tell us where to go. I, I swear I forgot about it because when we separated the first night, um, to head back to the hotel and they were stopping at like Walgreens or something. I was like, well, wait, how are you guys going to get back? I have the map. And Mike holds up his phone and he's like, we got one of these. <laughs> he's like, we'll find our way, our way back. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I That's, just, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. There's a thing called phones with like Google maps and ways and all the things. But I had the paper map. Amy, you were so good at the paper map. I felt so confident. I was like, I'm just going to follow you, Sarah. Go for it. Go for it. So we obviously love this city. Yeah. It has our heart. And, you know, I really hope to bring some of that back to my world now, the way that they live. Yes. And um, adopt some of that 
because, you know, we can't always be on vacation. We can't always be in another city. So we have to figure out ways to make it a enmeshed, enmeshed, <laughs> meshed. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Into our daily lives. Mm -hmm. And that is why we do this damn show. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we shared this story too. Yeah. Hopefully it's a reminder to you. Maybe just think back on how you felt the last time you felt really free and the last time that you felt like you could be yourself or when you felt what's alive. alive. Yes. I felt alive. I, there, I didn't have an ounce of depression, an ounce of anxiety. No. I wanted nothing more than to live. Yes. There was smiled the whole time. Sarah skipped. I did. I pointed out to Randy and Randy <laughs> grinned so big because he loved seeing her happy. It was just a beautiful thing to see everybody so happy. Mm -hmm. It really was. So that's our trip. I have to, I have to end it with talking about, this is going to sound so corny, but I used to see this sign at craft shows all the time. Yeah. Um, and it always made me giggle. And now I look at it kind of in a different light um, because I was a lot younger then because my mom loves craft shows. So we would go to them a lot and now I partake in them. So maybe I should start making the sign at my craft shows and putting it up. But it says, um, who's this quote by? It's not me. I think it says Hunter Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> it says life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, <sighs> but rather to Get in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Hell to the yes. Yes. That's how I want to live. Let's do it. Go out there and live today, guys. Enjoy life. Find something pleasurable, enjoyable, and soak in it, bask in it for a little bit. Yeah. And then once COVID's gone and the hurricane's gone, plan your trip to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Love you. Stay weird and wild. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Follow us on Instagram where you'll find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Until next week, warriors, hold on. We're gonna make it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.